You're listening to Version Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. Last year, we witnessed the rise of TikTok and the unofficial trademarking of songs like this. Don't be tracer. I'm already tracer. What about Widowmaker? I'm already Widowmaker. I'll be bastard. And this. Hit or miss. I guess they never miss, huh? You got a boyfriend. I bet he doesn't kiss ya. As cringeworthy but popular meme anthems. Formed from the ashes of Musical.ly, TikTok currently has over 300 million monthly users, with top accounts boasting tens of millions of followers. It's a growing platform that combines short-form video, vertical format, catchy music, and funny, relevant memes, making it a social media powerhouse that's tough to beat. Even celebrities like Jimmy Fallon have joined in on the fun. Guys, last week on the show, uh, I told you about this cool app that I've been getting into called TikTok. It lets you post short videos of you doing fun stuff like lip syncing or acting out a silly scene. And they have this great hashtag feature called Challenges, where they challenge people to make videos. While Facebook is playing catch-up with their not-so-popular competitor app, Lasso, the creators of Vine, RIP, plan on launching a new video looping platform called Byte. Even Giphy is hopping on the short-form video bandwagon with the release of a micro-entertainment video gallery. With short-form mostly dominating our social channels, it's easy to fall for the myth that shorter is better. Newsflash, long-form also has a place in digital, and here's our case for it. Consider LEGO's 100-minute-long ad for the LEGO Movie 2. To promote their upcoming film, they publish the entire first film on YouTube for a full day. Not to mention that both films are literally commercials for LEGO. Video games are another type of long-form content that perform incredibly well. Take Red Dead Redemption 2 and its 65 total hours of story content, for example. If audiences are engaged, they'll stay in play. Just think of podcasts. There are over a half a million shows available to listen to right now. Most of them run anywhere between 30 to 60 minutes or longer, with more and more of them following Joe Rogan's footsteps and publishing video versions as well. And yes, people are watching. If used correctly and put in front of an audience that's asking for it, long-form content works really well. Marketers and brands must strive to understand their audiences better so they can harness the right platforms and create effective, relevant content for their viewers. When it comes to video length, the idea that shorter is better is just wrong. The truth is, better is better. Version Control presents episode 38, short form versus long form, fight. Let's talk about video. <laughs> That's not going to be the intro. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> Yay, video. That, that got us all hyped up. Did it? I think so. I'm hyped. Well, it's supposed to be a fight, right? We're supposed to be fighting about what's better, shorter video or longer video? I think it was videos themselves that are fighting, but, you know, either way. Or the creatives behind the videos fighting over what's better? Uh, we're back. It's another podcast here uh, from your f- good friends... At Pounding Grain, uh, our usual roundtable of smart people is here. We've got Nick. Hello. Mark? I don't know if I'm that smart. I do have glasses. <laughs> Good point. Ivana. What's up? And me, Jackson. The usual roundtable. And we're going to talk about 
short versus long video. Fight. Mark's got to have an opinion on this. I want to, like, like, what's better? Tell me. Well, I'm team short video, David, out of David and Goliath. Um, but that's because my attention span is very short as I back away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like both? Like, you, uh, you don't like a movie and a short video? You can't have I think I think I'm the wrong person for this, though, because it's, like, even when I'm watching a movie, I've got a laptop in front of me, and I'm watching other videos on, like, mute or, like, very quiet. Um, so, like, I, I think I'm the odd man out on this one, but I really, I just hate long form. <laughs> Always. Except last night I watched a pretty good Netflix movie and I cried. But I had my laptop in front of me the entire time, so. What was it? Uh, I honestly can't remember. It was like a shipwreck one. It's new. It's going to get pushed to you guys. I think it went up yesterday, so. I think it's called Adrift. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> that was like a theater movie, wasn't it? Wasn't it in theaters? It's not like a Netflix movie. Yeah, I saw it on a plane. We're off. We're wildly off topic. But uh, what, Nick, what... You're into this video stuff, short, long. What what say you? I think <laughs> what says I is that the content is really king for the format. Um, it really depends what type of story you're trying to tell. I'm kind of even though the you know the feature length film is not that old. I'm sort of still a purist for that. I think it's like the perfect amount of time to tell a fully rounded story. But if that's not what you need to tell, like a, you know, three act story. Uh, it's also an amazing challenge to try to tell a story in a shorter form, whether that be a short film or, you know, 30 seconds on some sort of social platform. Um, it's really cool to see what sort of interesting and engaging things people are able to create from the shorter. And what do we, well, I was going to ask, and Avon, I don't want to, like, I was going to go around the, the horn on these topics, but, like, what do we mean by long? Like, are we talking feature length, or is, like, three minutes long in 2019? Yeah, that's kind of my question, too. Like, long on the internet is, what, 20 minutes, but long in real life, like a movie, is two hours. Um, so what defines long form, and what defines short form, and is there a medium form? Yeah, and counterintuitively... What do they call it? Like what used to be called a miniseries is now called um, a limited series is more or at least very popular, I think, because of the ability to binge it. But it's essentially taken what would have been a movie, a lot of the stories and stretched them out mm -hmm. into about 10 hours. So counterintuitive for 2019. <laughs> Actually, we like at least one thing that's gotten longer, I guess, with with social um it started out being kind of the same size as like regular ads. Like everyone started with 30 second videos and that's kind of where marketers led to, but with the social media and kind of limitations of what you can do on some of those channels, it like evolved to like gifts, then like short videos, then 15 seconds, then 10 seconds, then six seconds, then dare we say like a really solid three second, <laughs> three second video. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, marketers like are doing 90 second or like, you know, up to 10 minute kind of like little mini short feature type content, whether that's interviews or like product demos or, you know, long form content like cooking or whatever it is. Um, there's, that's the kind of spectrum. Well, I, I think that the reason that 
short form short form is presumed to be maybe more popular or better right now is because it's mostly what we see when we're scrolling through and all of these scrolling platforms, whether it's your newsfeed on Facebook or Instagram, it's all short form stuff. It's quick videos. But to Nick's point about storytelling, it really is a different way of storytelling. And I, I think that the reason that TikTok works is because it actually is telling a story when they combine memes and music because it'll be like a video of someone, but then they're using audio from another meme that's like another story and a different narrative. So it is getting a story across in 15 seconds. Yeah, I mean, the TikTok is like the biggest suck of my day now. <laughs> like I'm like down to like 10 or 15 minutes on Instagram and my TikTok is way up because the memes are, like even once you've seen like one version of it, and you see another one and then another one and you're just like, then you hit the hashtag and then you just start watching random people doing the same thing over and over and over. It doesn't even make any sense why you, why you like it. Mm -hmm. But it's addicting. Or that like for me, like the one that was killing me was the baby shark like song. Oh my gosh. Like where it was just like really weird. Cue the music, Nick. But now that's hit like Billboard, like the Baby Shark song is now like in the top 100 on Billboard because mm -hmm. everyone's used to it in the memes and stuff like that. Like so. So somehow I, I must have had my head under a rock last week. But can you explain exactly what that is that you're talking about? The Baby, baby Shark? <laughs> yeah. Well, all I knew it was from people lip syncing to this like ridiculous song that was like um, about a baby shark and then a mama shark. And it's like a kid's song yeah. that really grew in popularity last year. But then people started making memes out of it, as they do. But that, that was a good point of how you mentioned it went to billboards. Like, that's an interesting way of how marketers can make use of short-form content is like... I mean, right now, like, the only way to really do place an ad on TikTok is, like, using influencers because there's no way to do paid stuff. But I did see that their Chinese competitor, or not competitor, but their version, the Chinese version of TikTok does have paid ads in it. It's like um, a loading ad when you load the app and um, like newsfeed ads. So I'm sure that's going to come to TikTok. The crazy thing about TikTok is that like since September, when it kind of launched back in America, it's had 80 million downloads. Like it was nowhere like six months ago in North America. Now it's got a huge amount of North American people, but like the the overseas stuff in China and India and like Thailand are like what's driving a lot of the creativity because there's like, that's what makes up the other 220 million users. Are you seeing that content though? Yeah. Depends on what time of day it is because if they're doing their content, like it's their night when it's our daytime. So if you open up during the daytime, you see a lot of like overseas content because we're busy working in the old offices here. I think like the, the, the thing I was gonna say is um, just on the, the length and why short has dominated so much like in 2018 and probably 2017 is like marketers look at the platforms like Facebook are basically saying, here's the average view length. Then marketers are saying we should cater our content to that average view length. Um, so it keeps getting smaller and smaller, like probably, you know, 
people are watching more content or more understanding of that content, but a lot of that average view length is driven by, well, no one's watching past three seconds. But no one's watching ads past three seconds. I think that's like the distinction where like marketers have to strive to create advertisements that are quote unquote not advertisements. Totally. Like, so recently, I don't know if you guys saw, but that new Bird Box movie on Netflix, I don't think they planned for this, but it became like a huge meme sensation. That's an example of how like a long form piece can enter the mainstream in like kind of like sneaky ways. Totally. Did anyone plan for it though? That's the funny thing. <laughs> I know, right? I'm sure they pumped out those first few memes. I don't think anyone at Netflix thought that like 50 million people were going to watch that movie in the first three days. Pretty sure that no one at Netflix was like, it's totally going to be our, our biggest new hit. And totally shouldn't have been, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Netflix is, is really good on social about pushing the envelope of those of those memes. But I guess from marketers' perspective, it's hard to create the memes. It's hard to like create short-form content that people want. To, to Ivana's point, you're not going to create a long-form ad and then people are going to make a lot of memes about it for you. So working within the ecosystems of short, longer, longest kind of content seems to be the way to, to do it. Like you need both. I think like there's we set this up as a fight between short versus long, but there's a case for both to be made depending on what you're doing. And there's even an unknown amount. Like we talked internally about the back to Netflix about their choose your own adventure, um, black mirror sort of thing. I, I dropped out of it because I couldn't know when it was going to finish. So like, how do you plan your life around a piece of content that has no distinct and like you can't look at it and go like oh I got 90 minutes I can totally do this before my next it was during the holidays what was I doing I had I had, there, I had nowhere to be nothing to do but I could not commit past 10 minutes because it was making me anxious because I had no un, un I had no clear idea of when it was going to end yeah and oddly like mine ended sooner than I wanted it to like I didn't get to that point where I was I, I knew I was going to get sick of it if it didn't end after like an hour and a half, but I think I got like one of the shortest paths. Um, and I was like kind of bummed out that it ended as abruptly as it did. And I did not want to go through and do the entire thing again. So do you think that that long form piece of content worked really well because it engaged you? Because like I was under the impression that people want to be entertained, but maybe it is that longer form pieces work when the, the people are like engaged in some way. Cause my understanding and like the reason why TikTok has totally taken off is because it's just regular old people being dumb and it's got that personable, like genuine sense to it where it's just someone with their phone and you can connect in that way, whether it's an influencer or just a random person who now has like millions and millions of followers. And then for something like long form, if you're either connecting in a way with the person, whether it's like a podcast, like we mentioned Joe Rogan in the intro, um, or like one piece of, I guess you can call it long form content that I love to watch is hot ones, which I'm sure you guys mm -hmm. have seen. Um, I pulled up their YouTube page and like they have 4.4 million subscribers and their top video with Kevin Hart has 18 million views. And I don't know what the drop off rate is, but I'm sure most of them are watching the full like 20, 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> well, have you guys ever heard of, uh, of the podcast, Hardcore History? N no. Is that like drunk history? 
No, it's like the it's like the opposite of uh, it's like a guy who does like real long podcasts. Like they're sometimes like four hours long, and like you know he'll do. It's still like pretty distilled though, right? Like he runs through like World War Two, the whole yeah. World War Two, in like twenty hours or something like that. But just like they, there, there's like the thing about him is like there's large gaps between. Um, uh, when they appear because he takes so long making them, but then they are like super long episodes. And I'm sure he has, does he do tons of sponsors throughout? No. Really? <laughs> no. Cause that's like the main way that, no. you know, podcasts. He gets like donations and stuff like that, but he doesn't do a lot of like paid branding on it. No one's like this hardcore history brought to you by whatever. No, he just like jumps into it and like. Just loves it. Yeah. Just love For the love of history. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm in, I'm really into that, like very long form content like that or like a book, like the longest content of, of all um, or like the the six second like Vi like I was addicted to vines and I love reading. I hate watching 20 minute YouTube videos and I really like I like going to the movies, but not that much. I get very antsy after like half an hour. Mark, Mark can perfectly just embodies like the contradiction that's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The extreme ends. It makes it challenging for marketers when, like, you have to do both. Um, mm -hmm. And I know, like, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, like, he released his kind of, like, content model. Like, how do you create content for both the long and the short of it? And it's pretty good 86, shout out to Gary V, but, like, 86 slide deck where he just says like how do you do all this content that he does and it starts with a long piece and then working from that long piece what are all the small pieces that you can create out of it um so there is a may maybe a, a case to be made for some sort of chicken or egg like you need some sort of long form piece that allows you to make the multitude of smaller pieces and then really lets you dive into smaller and smaller you know they may not be memes, but they could be the animated GIFs or the banner ad version for your content needs. And I think like the the thing that I think that we have noticed and, and what's expected out of us as an agency when it comes to the content is like how to maximize how much content you can get on like a daily shoot. Like whether, you know, in the old olden days, like last year or something. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a traditional thing would be like you're shooting the 30-second spot and that takes, you know, two days to shoot and that's the piece of content you get. Well, now the, the expectation is you have to do that. Plus, you need a couple of 15s, you need like a bunch of 6s for pre-roll, and then you need the assets for social media that could be animated GIF versions or... Um, Instagram stories, all those different pieces, you, you kind of need to have that game plan from a short and a long perspective to like maximize it. So, I mean, I guess, you know, for me, it's coming around to uh, product, a production solution is just planning for all those different needs from your, your big idea um, and your like needs from a calendar perspective. Cause you need kind of all those pieces. I was reading before we got in here that, the data is showing that most people are just like translating their YouTube videos directly over to IGTV on Instagram. Like the only thing they're doing is switching the kind of um, formatting, but essentially the, they're as is pieces of content, not changing them at all. And that 
that IGTV is, is, is really nothing different than just like a YouTube version on Instagram of that kind of content. So it's interesting that like those longer pieces that exist for brands, whether it's recipe content or educational content, is just being like dropped onto other channels now, similar to like what brands used to do with a 30 second spot, just plop it into social, plop it into YouTube and it's magically doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the real question is not the length. It's probably just making great content. Yeah, for sure. Like, cause all of the things we've talked about, the long form podcasts, the really into a movie or something like that, is is based on quality. Respect the hustle. We should have a running like leaderboard of like brands that we mention in the Respect the Hustle or like podcast. I'm sure Amazon's up. Am- Amazon would be number one for sure. Netflix would be pretty high. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Speaking of Netflix. Speaking of Netflix. What? Okay, so <laughs> we kind of already talked about it, of course, but. Since we were talking about interesting ways to go about uh, long-form video, Black Mirror's Bandersnatch that just came out over the holiday season and was a great success by all accounts. Here's my little disclaimer. I haven't watched it, but I do think it's an amazing experiment in how we consume content (laughs) and entertainment. Um, Who watched it? I love that your your respect the hustle. <laughs> Mark just raised his hand on a podcast. <laughs> but you didn't see it. At least I watched nine minutes of it. No, I didn't see it, but I read all about it. And I love that Charlie Brooker had to write a 170-page script, and they shot a, essentially a five-hour movie that someone like Mark could blaze through in 40 minutes if he and, chose to. And you respected the hustle enough not to watch it. <laughs> I'm you? getting there. I am getting there. I... I just have this feeling that it's going to take me the full five hours or that I'm going to want to do that. So I just yeah. haven't allotted the time to sit down and make it through there. But yeah, I love Black Mirror. Is it true that there's a game that gets unlocked at the end for a super secret ending? Spoilers. Spoiler alert. But that's amazing, isn't it? Even If, if, you, this... get, if you get there. Have you gotten there yet, Scott? Yes. Scott, of course, out there. You just have to Whoa, find. okay. I know what I'm doing this weekend. And what Scott just said is that, spoiler, it's not the end. It's just an Easter egg that you get to find if you want to. But also, kind of interestingly, Bandersnatch was originally supposed to be a video game that hmm. was repurposed as a Netflix movie. So, you know, that's kind of neat. Yeah. And also, it seems to have been a great success that Netflix actually wrote new software for uh, within their own <laughs> platform. So... Are we going to see more of these in the future? Probably. It needs to work on Apple TV. Does it not? I was just going to ask that, or like, I kind of respect their hustle too, because I'm sure getting it on all the different platforms, um, like smart TVs, phones, laptops, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I wonder how difficult all that could have been to pull off. Clearly very. (laughs) Good, good. Next. Um, I've got another person here, just another influencer um, called Anthony Fantano. He's been around the internet for, you know, since the dawn of time. Um, He is a music reviewer on YouTube mostly. Um, And I just like really respect his his hustle because he he launches videos like 
probably three or four a week just reviewing different albums and like every year has like a top 50 albums um but i think he's really cool too because he kind of like you know blends it all in with internet culture and he'll do like a top 50 music memes of the year and stuff like that um but I just bring him up because I think he's a really good guy to, to check out. And if you've got any sort of interest in music and the internet at all, he's fantastic. I will say about this guy, I don't particularly love him, but he is quick. Like, if you look, go to look up a new album, he's got his review up immediately. And he's always at the top of the list. Dig it. It's my turn. Uh, one of my guilty pleasures is following along with Barstool Sports, a kind of... Um, Ooh, a bro sports and uh, f- amusement site. Um, they're always getting in trouble with like advertisers because their content is unapologetic, right on the edge of right or wrong, uh, what's tasteful and what's not. And they give all the content away for free, save their pay-per-view events. And what they did is is kind of rolled out a gold version, like a sponsored, you, you become part of the gold club, and then they give you stuff that won't be seen by the regular people. So they're not like blocking any of their current content. Like none of that changes. They're doing all new content for people who are basically doing the equivalent of like a dollar a week. So like 50 plus bucks a year. Um, then they were giving them new like exclusive podcasts, exclusive video, like um, documentary series that won't be released to everyone else. Um, behind the scenes, live M- AMAs, lots of access and content that you wouldn't get. For a buck a week, it's it seems like nothing. Like, it seems like a good deal if you're a, a big fan, and it sounds like in a 24-hour period they've had a huge demand for it because they have kind of this army of fans. So it'll be interesting to see what that means um, for you know their revenue model and stuff like that. They kind of announced it as a uh, a way to stave off um, advertisers fleeing them if they make a controversial video or something like that. If they can self-fund themselves, then they don't need to worry if they piss off an advertiser. So an interesting, I don't know, we talked a lot about content, long form, short form, the idea of, of kind of publishers, you know, getting people to pay to get rid of the advertising or in this case, fewer ads. They don't say no ads, which I, I think is kind of clever and fun that they're not like saying you're not going to see none. Uh, but you won't be bothered by as many ads. Um, kind of an interesting play for a, a digital content provider. So the obvious, should we obviously assume that you went ahead and signed up or are you just respecting that it was created in general? Respecting the hustle, I haven't signed up yet. I just thought it might be too much content for me. Like, I, I just don't need any more content. I mean, I already listened to like quite a bit of their podcasts. I follow them on social. I watch a lot of their video content. I just don't know if I need more. It's a great model, but maybe they're giving away too much quality barstool stuff yeah. for free. The, the thing that they did that was really interesting was that basically that price, if you bought stuff, because there's always selling shirts and stuff in their store, that by doing this, like it basically is their version of Prime because then all shipping is covered. So you're getting extra content they're paying for all the shipping. Um, so it's kind of a win-win for them and you'd probably buy more um, merch because of it.
Thanks for listening to Version Control, episode 38, short form versus long form, fight. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes.